We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. We're here to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead's season premiere of the eighth and final season called Remember, Remember What They Took From You. The show, basically, apparently is what we're getting into. <laughs> the first thing we need to get off our chest, actually, before we get other things off our chest, is we just finished the countdown to Fear of the Walking Dead's final season giveaway that we had last two weeks. In case you missed it, why? Why? Why did you miss it? You're an idiot because you missed out on a chance at 50 bucks. Right. At the TWDUShop.com or a thank you to Fear the Walking Dead tribute t-shirt by Celtic TSO on all the social medias, Thomas O'Mara. To be fair, the podcast audience probably did not hear about this because we didn't promote it on the audio podcast. So it, yeah, it's just it pays to follow us on one of the social medias so that you know what's going on. This is why we try to mention every once in a while on the audio podcast slash the video podcast that you should be following us on all the social medias or whatever, wherever possible, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our LinkedIn page, which we didn't promote the giveaway on anyway. We announced the yeah. winners last <laughs> night, Sunday night, right after Fear the Walking Dead's public airing of the eighth season premiere. And uh, we have yet to hear from the winner, just so you guys know. Oh, so that means Ooh. we move on. Which means I may be spinning that wheel. So we're going to start off with first impressions, keeping in mind that and I was thinking about this last night. I don't think we've seen an, an episode of Fear the Walking Dead for almost a year. It was it a couple months shy of a year? When did the series finale happen? I think it was in August. Yeah, it was like August or September because then The Walking Dead started up right after that and then it ended in November. So and that's kind of like what I was thinking. It's been such a long time and we miss our fear family both off screen and on. Just talking about the camp a second ago in the unedited probably maybe because I don't know if the tolerance is going to show up in the main episode. Maybe. So, yeah, we miss Fear the Walking Dead. We miss all the characters. We want to know their fate. We, I mean, it being announced that it's the final season of Fear the Walking Dead. And it's very, very similar to the way we felt about the Walking Dead ending, knowing about that way in advance. Is it fair to say that all of us kind of were gritting our teeth with every episode, wondering if they're going to get to everything that they should get or hoping that the series concludes on a fine point or fine enough point to feel satisfied? That pressure is here now. At first you're like, oh, it's okay. Well, we have like, we have the spinoffs and we still fear and like, it's fine. And now it's like, and now fear is ending. So they're like, no, screw you. Deal with one final year again, just right after you dealt with the last final year. Let's just see how you feel. We're going to just make you cry because we'll kill off everybody. You know, that's what's going to happen. Is that why they're making it so bad? So we don't feel so bad when it is. Yeah. First impression. We'll do you a favor. <laughs> But yeah, but do you think it's a cumulative effect? Because I mean, The Walking Dead is over. Are we putting undue pressure on Fear of the Walking Dead? I feel like drained from it. Walking Dead flagship ended. And it ended, I think, fairly well. I felt good about the ending. When, you know, we were all together. We cried. We laughed. It was great. You cried. <laughs> Shut up. You cried. I didn't too. cry. <laughs> yeah, Shut you up. sobbed. <laughs> and then you kind of held all of your hope. You like hung your hat on the fact that fear was coming back and that we were going to have the spinoffs. I'm worried about the spinoffs and I'm worried about stuff getting canceled now. Fear is ending. Tales isn't coming back as Tales. It's coming back as more Tales. That's a weird mid-season, in-between season change to make, in my opinion. I'm fearful now that because everything died down so drastically and people are like, eh, fear, right. who cares? There is nothing to pull new viewers in. So I'm actually very worried that... So you're more worried I'm for worried the universe. Everything's going to get killed off. What they're doing is catering to existing fans without trying to create 
yeah. new fans. You have like Marvel mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They're always bringing in new known established characters that bring in new viewers to explore the entire universe. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I feel like there's a lot more Marvel comic book characters that have not been brought to the screen. Since Robert Kirkman ended his comic book series, it's up to the writers and the showrunners to create something new. Marvel has some this pool to draw from constantly. Oh, let's bring this character to the screen. Let's bring this character to the screen. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is a lot harder for our showrunners and our writers and and everyone involved to create something new that is exciting. Because when Marvel pulls these characters from comic books, there is a group of people who knows who that is. And they're going to get excited to see that. Maybe Star Wars would be a better example then, because while there is an expanded universe of Star Wars now, they're creating that expanded universe from a much smaller pool of characters because what they're doing is taking established characters Mm -hmm. and making spinoffs with them. Origin stories. Right. Yeah. Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. It would be closer to it because even Star Wars, because it's been around so long, there are novelizations and and comic books and, and many other things to draw from. If you tried to do this with Star Wars immediately following the first trilogy, I feel like would be like comparable. You're saying that, but... The characters that they're creating the spinoffs for are base trilogy characters. Obi-Wan, Boba Fett. That's true. Solo. Yeah. Lindo, Calrissian. But there's been a lot of grumbling about how that's ineffective and that you have this huge universe that you came in because Disney came in and, and essentially took all of that universe that had been created, all of these books these comics that existed and they said none of that exists. Yeah, right. that's right. In the cinematic universe, they kind of reject the expanded uh-huh. universe, which I think is a huge, huge mistake. The expanded universe, I mean, not to get into Star Wars discussion too much, but for me, I like Knights of the Old Republic, which isn't technically part of the cinematic uh-huh. universe. It's part of the expanded universe and it has all this lore and they've developed all this history that may or may not actually play into the cinematic universe, which is why I got sucked into the story of Knights of the Old, the Old Republic, which kind of goes to your point. Yeah, I think I think way. it's fair to say that it's it's more similar to that because yes, the people who are currently in charge are pulling stuff from just that trilogy and they're trying to create shows out of it. And is that the wisest thing? Maybe, maybe that's not. That's what AMC is doing. That's why I thought Tales was such a good idea, and I didn't want the Alpha episode. Don't retell the same stuff. Tell me new stuff. I want to know new things. I want to see new people. I want to attach new feelings to those relationships between those people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see the same thing over and over again. Is it cool if there's little Easter eggs? Yes, we all love that, right? Right. But that's not all Mm -hmm. I want. This kind of goes to the point I was trying to make about Tales originally, which was this this is the stuff. This is what should launch the universe into the stratosphere. But with this announcement of more Tales from the Walking Dead being a sort of pulling in from prior resources, which is what people were saying, we don't know if that for sure, Mm -hmm. it sounds like they're learning from loud people on the internet saying, I don't like this, Tales sucks. You know, basically they're they're existing fans. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to backtrack or backpedal and make it about, yes, probably more about new stories, but referencing either backstories of characters we've seen in the universe who may or may not have passed or connecting it in some larger way and or connecting in some larger way to the universe more than it did on. So is that kind of the the basis of the next season? It's the theory. Or is it going to be new, new characters? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing more Terry Crews and Olivia Munn. 
that's kind of what I was thinking. Just from initial impressions from interviews. I mean, give me some with... Parker Posey and Jillian Bell too. Yes. <laughs> right. Bro. Yeah, but no? I doubt that's going to happen based on that. <laughs> the feeling of that conversation yeah. is that they're going to be trying to draw more from the universe, the existing universe, AKA not tales. I like the idea of having these brand new characters, brand new stories. But I also feel when you have a storyline that hits, for example, Terry Crews and Olivia Munn, that story I felt, I don't, maybe it was just me, but I felt like it really hit fans. Oh, I liked it, and yeah. That storyline itself could be expanded on. Make a limited series of those two. Why not? But that's how you further yourself. You put out feelers, yeah. like a Tales yes. of the Walking Dead show, to figure out yep. what stories really speak to the consumers that we're looking to hit. The right? audience. Yeah. Yep. And based on that, you create more offshoots and you make them AMC Plus only. And that's how you do it. If you're going to yes. follow like, the, like the webisodes in a way of what Disney has done, if that's what your goal is, AMC, I'm talking mm -hmm. to you. If that's your goal, <laughs> this is your way to get there. I don't know who's telling you otherwise. But that's the difference in having a physical channel that you have to populate with programming as opposed to having just a streaming service. Right. You run the Absolutely. risk. You run a huge risk with just streaming. You run a huge risk of airing, airing on the network, too. You want it to do well for advertising dollars, mm -hmm. too. Because it affects yeah, not only yeah. the show and the properties, but the greater network. The greater network. So it's always yeah. a risk. And as... We, I was saying about Tales, when your existing fans, not reject it, but pan it, it doesn't receive the fanfare that you hoped it would with the existing fans. You're not going to cut off your nose to spite your face to take that level of risk, too. So it's always a balancing act, which kind of brings us back to fear a little bit. Are we putting undue pressure on fear? Yeah, we can't help it. We love this show. Help me, season eight, fear you're our only hope. Like, <laughs> help me, only hope, like, one. That's what it feels like. Help me, Obi John. You're my only hope. <laughs> uh, I'm a force ghost. Pew, pew, pew. Anyway, but going back to fear, though, do you think that may have played into what everybody might be feeling from the room? Your first impressions of this episode: a, not seeing the characters you love; b, not getting the story you might have wanted right away. Yeah, I think this sums up my first impressions perfectly. Hate it. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. Hated it. Did you? Okay. I'm sorry. Did you not watch SNL? <laughs> David Allen Greer. Yeah, Williams. no, no. Come it's on. Just, it's it's, uh, it's been a long. That's it's been in a living long color, isn't it? It's in living color. It's in, living, in living color. It is in living color. And it's been you a said long SNL. Time, Rachel. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. I've been drinking. <laughs> that could be your excuse for everything tonight. <laughs> That's as nicely as I can put it. On the first watch, I actually thought it wasn't bad. When you say that, were you like, okay, it's an episode, right? It wasn't well, like this or that. The bar was set pretty low. <laughs> okay, okay. No, that's what I wanted to hear. From 7B, and I've made no secret right. of the fact that I hated 7B. It was terrible, in my opinion. This is pretty much what I expected. I, I see what they're doing with the story. It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't making me want to gouge my eyes out. Then I went back and watched it again. <laughs> like 7B. The next day. And my opinion on it changed drastically. I think maybe I was so excited Fear was back. I, I was like, yay, it's back. And everybody says it's good. And I watched this and yeah, it was okay. And then I went back and watched it again. I was like, wait a minute. This everybody did not, not say it was good. good. But... Now, I have heard that it gets better after the first episode. Uh -huh. 
well, in, for context, the people who'd watched the first three episodes have made similar mentions about the first episode, the slow ramp up towards the first three. Yeah, you sent us an article about it, Dave. That's right, from Cameron Bonamalo. Mm-hmm. And I posted that on Instagram, which was gangbusters, by the way. We got yeah. a lot of hits from that. He's a particularly tough critic when it comes to fear. So it was kind of surprising to hear his take on it. First of all, opening yet another season with two fucking characters in it. I right. don't watch the this show for style. two fucking right. characters. I want to see all of my characters in this show. Say so it. I watch it. Say I concur. It. Say it. Say the line, Jeremy. Go on. Is there a line? We started. We, 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 we ended we last end, season. We ended last season <laughs> with these fucks. And we started this season with these fucks again. I don't care about Madison and Morgan. There are in the season other fucking people on this show. I'm already pissed watching this episode. I'm going to start watching every single episode already pissed. I held out hope that we were going to see somebody else in the episode. We see Morgan. We see Grace. Maybe they'll radio Dwight and we'll see Dwight for a second. Of course, I want to see June. I'm not trying to use her as the first example, but maybe they'll mention June and we'll cut to her for five seconds or whatever. But no, we don't even get that. The only mention we even get that other characters exist is they talk about how there weren't any as many people on the rafts as they thought there was going to be. I hate it. So going back to the pressure, do you think that the pressure that we put on the universe and then more so on fear because it's here now and then also having not gotten what we wanted from 7B and then also that trauma in a way that we got from the anthology episodes two seasons in a row technically that plays into all of this? I get COVID. Six was already going to be anthology. It was fun in season six. I enjoyed it. It was okay, you know? It made sense at the time. Right. But what is the reason for it in season eight? Can you guys name one? I mean, one episode one. isn't a season, though. Can you name so. one Walking Dead season that started with an episode with just two fucking characters in it? Not counting days gone by because you had Lori and Shane. You know what I'm saying? That's different. Mm-hmm. But name one other season where you had just one or two characters in the opener. Not one. I can't think of any right now off the top of my head. Oh, I just wanted to also say the Aiden's in the audience, too. I, I almost missed them. <gasps> Hey, so let me, let me just read, let me just read what he says. Hola, my wonderful comrade, comrades. I'm sorry, but I feel the writers are repeatedly dropping the ball with the show. In the words of Alyssa Edwards, mama, this garbage. Shocker, Rachel's been <laughs> drinking. Ian and Andrew seem to be making the same mistakes they made when they took over in season four. You don't tune in for just Madison Morgan Charity. What? Dave woke up and chose violence. Okay. You mean the asthmatic baby kidnapping dude? Wasn't was what you watched this for? They talk about Nick and Alicia as well. What the hell is Rach doing, a little, doing with her eye? The series premiere, but that's pretty much it. There aren't any others. Yeah. yeah. Referring to the opening. I actually thought about this, though. I know why they're doing it. And I think it's to establish an air of mystery, obviously, as the, as the fate of everybody else. But it doesn't really help. A, we were traumatized by two seasons of anthology episodes, so maybe not have been the right move. Yeah, honestly, I don't care why. It sucked. We've talked about this before, and I think it has a lot to do with, well, okay, there's the audience now, which arguably is what everybody might say is the only audience that matters. But then there's the also future audiences that may binge the show. And so to them, it'll probably feel like, okay, oh, we're establishing the mystery of season eight and we'll keep plowing through and they don't have to wait week by week like we we are right now what they're gonna watch is the end of 7b they're not gonna be able to tell the difference between season 7 and 7 to season 8 it's just gonna flow and it's gonna right. be like one long episode and they won't have to wait eight uh seven or eight months i we did are. wait almost a year to watch morgan and madison again i wanted to see other people anybody else. right but you can see what i'm saying though 
they're they're kind of like making this their launching point for like con- consecutive watches too. Kind of going back to like the Star Wars conversation. Everything that happened in this episode could have happened in half that time and then spent the other half telling us what everyone else was doing. Where is everybody else? The end of the episode pretty much was where we started. It was so pointless. I get the sentiment of wanting to see everybody, obviously, because again, I'm with you on the whole, where is everybody? We've waited this long. We don't want the anthology. And I don't want anthology style episodes anymore. I don't either. But you can't just switch gears from this to that, especially after everybody's fate being unknown. You kind of have to ease everybody into that process, I think. I'm more upset about the lack of names in the opening credits. Specifically, Mo. Alexa Nyson, Mo Collins. Where's Sarah? Is this the only explanation we're going to get is that some people just didn't show up on the rafts? There just weren't as many people on the rafts as we thought. We're just supposed to swallow that fucking bullshit of a pill? If people survived a nuclear blast, why couldn't they solve a simple boat ride? Is that well, they what fell off a raft? Whoa. Fuck that. But we don't know. It's only the first episode that we don't know what's going on. I knew people were upset after season four because they rebooted the show, right? And Nick left right. and Madison left and they died, etc. But at least you got closure in that season. Yes, we knew what happened. Names are just gone out of the opening credits and we get no explanation whatsoever. Sarah was a main character. And mm-hmm. that's the treatment you get. Her relationship between Wendell, her and Wendell, that was a huge part of the show. Hold on a second. Now, they could just be doing that for many, many different purposes. A, to kind of make you react like this, like what happened? And they may they may show up later on. I didn't pay attention to the opening credits as much, which is why I'm glad that you brought it up because I didn't know. While I was watching this episode, I had this panic. Did they kill off Grace as well? Because it sounds like we see Morgan. Grace is not with her. Did she die here? Yeah, I'm, I'm just as panicky about this as you. And it's only the first episode in season eight. We haven't seen anything of Sarah or Wendell or Charlie in any Charlie. of the promos at all. Now, granted, we haven't right. seen Strand They're either. not even in the promos. But we know Coleman was filming because he posted about it on Instagram. With his hair. We know Coleman's going to be there, but we've seen nothing about any of those other people in the promos. Now, we've seen June, we've seen Sherry, we've seen Dwight, we've seen Grace, we've seen Morgan and Madison, of course. Mm-hmm. Where are all the other people? I get the people that were angry in season four when they rebooted, but you got an explanation. You got a story. We got nothing. I will argue, though, gone. that we did not get the closure. It doesn't negate the fact that neither are you right now. Neither am I right now. But we didn't know what happened to Taco. We didn't know what happened to Crazy Dog. The damn blue Madison. There are a lot no, of characters that have just been but everyone tossed else, off to I'm the side. Bridget. It's the same thing with Walking Dead proper. Heath, I will scream at it on the top of every yeah. mountain. Where Heath. is Heath? Ugh, I'm done with that. How many <laughs> seasons was Walker on the show? One. 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 How many seasons was Proctor John on the show? Got a couple One. episodes. How many seasons with Heath yeah. on the show? Two. Two, I think. Two. Six and seven. Sarah's been on the show seasons? for three. She's been on the show since season four three as seasons, a main yeah. character. Yep, and Wendell. Well, I know, but I'm yep. saying, well, like, on, I'm just, on. I'm just saying, we and didn't, Charlie. we didn't get an, an ending either. It's not like people oh, are like yeah, one no, through three but... versus. Ever. This is sucky writing. And instead of the writers being like, we'll own up to that. I'm sorry, this isn't great. We're going to try to revamp and actually fix it. It's just doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And isn't that the definition of insanity? And then making the audience members pit it against each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm not trying to pit myself against anybody. I was using that as an example. I was saying I understood 
those seasons one through three people. So let me say what Aiden says in the chat before I, I weigh in a little bit. I, it's not like what I'm about to say is, is going to sway any minds or hearts. He says also, I feel like they're repeating what they did last season. I don't think we'll see one, uh, some of the others like Victor until about halfway through, just like they did with Alicia last season. They do the damn storyline every season, just change the settings. Ooh, girl, don't get me started. It's more than we got for Tobias, Alexa, Walker, Crazy Dog, Nora, right. the kids, Ranger Samuels, Tess, etc., etc., etc. Alex, they're going around saying Alicia survived, and I'm skeptical about ADC's return, save for maybe the possibility of the finale. And Coleman is now getting a producer credit. Cool. Mm, That's cool. That, that could yeah. be interesting. Ian and Andrew That's are horrible cool. showrunners. Why is he making me say this? And I don't understand how oh. they've been able to hold that position. Glenn Bazaar made some sloppy choices, and he was gone. So what I'm about to say, nobody's going to agree with this, but I've said this innumerable amount of times over the past several years on this show, and that is I am a slave to story. You can throw all your characters into a fire if it makes the story good. Now, that being said, obviously, I've had I had misgivings with season seven as well. I've clarified my comments in the fact that I do like the individual episodes but in terms of an arc, even season four, five, six, seven, the arcs themselves have only gone downhill. For the last several months, as we've mused on Fear the Walking Dead episodes, in case you haven't watched them, we've been posting our Fear the Walking Dead favorite characters. We have the saddest moments coming out very shortly, as well as Fear the Walking Dead greatest episodes, I think was the last one we filmed or recorded. Favorite moments? It was favorite moments? moments, David. Oh, yeah, because we kept talking <laughs> about the Not episodes, David, during the recording. So I, I'm going to say this, and you're going to think it's because, oh, I get to see Morgan and Madison, but I couldn't care less. If I was thinking to myself they could kill Madison in this episode, A, I would laugh, actually, for all the talk that. about Madison's return. No, but here, this is so you have an understanding <sighs> of where I'm coming from. Even though Madison is my favorite character, yes, on Fear the Walking Dead, but B, had she died in this episode, I think it would have been right for the story. It could have been. It's an option. So like, I have no favorites when it comes to story. That being said, I thought this episode was a good story. It established that there is a mystery surrounding the whereabouts of everybody. It establishes a little bit more about what Padre is all about. It sets the tone, at least, of the drama between Madison's philosophy and Morgan's philosophy, which is also interesting to me because breaking down Morgan to the point where he is abandoning everything he's ever come to the conclusion of over the course of many seasons, not only in The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, that also was a mystery. What led to that? I mean, yes, it sounds simple, but then you see the graffiti on the wall, which is reminiscent of The Walking Dead, uh, Jenny, Dwayne, you were, you were supposed to clear king county and then the whole oh king county king county georgia which okay we can talk about that at some some other point but the point being is that something happened to break him down to his 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 ultimate point now you may not care for morgan but he's in the story i don't think it's going to be all about morgan and i think that's what you're mostly afraid of are these two fuckers going to chew the screen we are you know they are Wait, 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 wait. And we got so much of them in this episode. A lot of them. Because that's right? all that was in this episode was them. Right. <laughs> but that has been our fear since we heard about Madison returning. Like, first of all, Morgan already sort of chews up the screen. And we did get a little less a of valid him fear. last season. I think it's very valid. In my valid. opinion, and I, I didn't say how I feel about this episode. Yes, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I liked it okay. I thought it was. All I think right. I'm, I'm with you on that too. Actually, I thought it was okay for a beginning, and there's a lot of things. There were a decent. lot of elements about it that I really liked for the first episode of the season. However, actually, the main character of this episode is Ren. 
and that the other yeah, characters did service to her story. I didn't think it was about Madison. I didn't think it was about Morgan. Oh, it really I don't is think about it was her. About Madison and Morgan, but they were the ones that were prominent in the episode. See, I would argue that I feel like Ren was the most prominent character in this episode. Yeah, I agree. And you know, actually, that's funny because a lot of the comments that I've seen surrounding this episode, let's say on Reddit, but also on Twitter. Oh, two great places to get <laughs> just quality, well, I mean, it's unbiased a good opinion, range. You know, like, right. So oh, yeah, a lot of them have said something to the effect of, oh, they're setting up their Judith on Fear the Walking uh, Dead, which sure, is yeah, uh, sure. a, a valid, valid that. talking point. But then again, hasn't the show always been about... Or hasn't the universe always been about, or mostly been about, a found family, of course. But in the back of our minds, we always think, oh, well, what's left for the future? Raising kids and having babies, even though they fucking suck in the apocalypse, Rachel. Like, they're awful. Just eat them. Uh, well, babies, yes. Kids, once they get past the screaming age, they're right. we can train them. To get to that age, right? We have to have <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, they suck. And so, yeah. Which is, I think, also a good way of getting past that point with Mo, because we had enough of the crying baby, Mo, honestly. I get it. So to have them time jump to the time she's seven and almost kind of reference the fact that she she's supposed to be she's supposed she's to be eight. nine eight. No, she's, she's eight. eight. She's eight. Yeah, she said eight. Maybe almost nine. This is like the Judith conversation all over again. <laughs> like, mm, oh, no, you know, eight makes like, sense. Three months yeah, after the apocalypse. I saw a lot of people online claiming that she was, she was too, born at the beginning. That of, she was like no. that she seemed too old for it. But honestly, it, which like I'm just, I, I disagree. Yeah. I, I do too. I think, yeah, is the actress clearly a little bit older? Kids are walking yes. at one. I can buy it. Yeah. That's not. That is not the moment that I'm like, this is unrealistic. This, like, this, right. Not, it's like choose your like, battles, man. Right. It's fine. Yeah. Personally, I have a huge issue with it, but oh, it is what it okay. is. I no, can't. No, no. Tell me about it then. This kid's not eight years old. It is not in any way whatsoever believable at all. They made the, but it is what it is. So what am I going to do about it? Eight. I'm forced to accept and it. They made the 16 year old kid 13. <laughs> yeah. I love Alexa, but towards the end there, I, I mean, that if she had if an anything, old soul, that 13 year old, if, <laughs> if anything, I can say it would make sense to, write charlie off because alexa has had aged out there's no way that alexa is going to believably although we Be did just age, skip right? seven years we did just jump seven years so now she would look more age appropriate uh, well, but, but how, sorry, how she was dying how she survived we didn't see a body oh she could have survived okay. and come back they're not gone until they're I gone so maybe, maybe the waters had like healing powers who knows hashtag oh bring back charlie <laughs> hey did it work <laughs> No, no, you're not loud enough. Why not? We brought right. back you're, Madison. You're not echoing please, enough. You're not mean enough to everybody. When in television history has any child played their actual age too? Well, okay, so this is like no, they don't. The I'm not saying on. she has. Yeah. I'm not saying she has to be eight. I'm just saying this. This actress is not passing off as eight. But but but. Does no one remember the 90s and 80s when 30-year-olds played 16? Come on. We're okay and with mostly this. We've guys, guys too. We've gotten better since then. Enough. Aiden says, what's the story, though? Question mark. The group is separated and trying to find their way back to each other while navigating the, the apocalypse rival groups and natural disasters. Is that the plot of seasons 4, 5, 6, and 7, and 8, it seems like? She deserves at least a flashback send-off. Maybe she was just pregnant. They pulled that shit with Grace. Hashtag bring back Charlie. Flashback. Char She's what? saying hashtag Charlie was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Also, no. No. So stupid. But yeah, maybe. No. Maybe. Maybe. No. I mean, she did have that, like, the butterfly room with Homeboy. Mm -hmm. What was his name? Ali. Ali, Ali. yes. I just want to say, I hate to sound this hateful. Because I love this show. It's disappointing me. Journey, you and I talked about this in 7B. I've defended this show relentlessly, and I am personally offended by the fact that it's yeah. sucking so bad, and it's like proving all these people right who've complained about it for so long. Who here has been personally victimized by Fear the Walking Dead Season 7? I have fought fucking battles over this shit for them to nah. just turn it into crap. I'm sure part of the reason we lost so many characters with no explanation, although we're not going to worry about that. But well, anyway, we haven't lost them yet. The reason we've lost these characters is so that we could bring Kim Dickens back. I, I don't know about that. I'm not ready to say that or agree to that. Part of the reason I'm so angry about Kim Dickens coming back is I feel like AMC gave in to the bullies. Agreed. You think? I feel I like the that. squeaky wheels got the fucking grease, and now that grease mm. is staining the fucking show. Is it, and this Kim is Dickens I hate that the much. much. They put out a promo video of Kim Dickens oh, right. saying as much. Right. It was because that, of the hashtag within the, bring within back the context Madison of her return. Promo. But not, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, well, they, they basically her back. said this is why they brought her back. Because of the bring back Madison. Well, those people were fucking bullies. Yeah, with a I few agree. exceptions. I, I know there are exceptions because we're friends there with are, them. Yeah. Yes. But the majority yes. of them were bullies. Yeah. See, and this is the thing. I, and I've said this before on the show, too. I think people should stand by their stories, too. Like, you don't like what Ian and, and Andrew are doing? Just fucking turn it off. Stick to your stories, even if people are going to hate it. You obviously are writers for a reason. Don't change your story just because people are complaining. Yeah. Be an artist. Have the balls to stick to it. Your vision, even if people are, are going to pan it. There's no authenticity to you as a person if you can't stand next to what you've written and say, this is the story I intended to tell. Right. Now, what people need to keep in mind, and I think this is the main failing of Fear the Walking Dead, if any, is that, yes, there are writers, B, executive producers, C, producers, showrunners. Now, all of those people take part in how the show shapes out. Well, I would not be surprised if this was network. Well... So yes, there is a network as well, but all of these play a part in it. There's two scenario, possible scenarios here. What's written isn't always what ends up in the final cut. Actually, mostly is not what ends up in the right final cut. For the reasons of producers, usually, they shave down the vision to where it fits the universe. A, B, it fits television writing. It's one thing to write out a script and another for it to fit in, in TV world, quote unquote, slash the greater vision that people have behind the scenes. Fine. But I feel like in a way... The other possibility is that they let the writing through without whittling it down. They said, oh, this is brilliant. Let it just go. Just run with it. Honestly, it seems. It, I'm not it saying that's what it is. Like that's the case. But it sounds what like it is, is maybe it's test groups. This seems overwhelmingly like network influence to me. And network, Do you in, think? network I think influence it's the other. has taken down a lot of things and has screwed up a lot of things in Hollywood. So like, well, this time around, yes. Maybe. The main show was ending, Fear's ratings were dropping, and so they said, oh, they want Madison back. That'll bring all these people back into the fold, and our ratings will go up again. But they won't, because the story is crap. And I think that's the most important part. Again, like I said, Kim Dickens could have died this episode, and if as long as it made sense for the story, I would have been well, for I agree. it. Classically, from seasons past, I think it was maybe the other way around. They had an idea and a vision, and it wasn't whittled down enough by producers to make it fit. Meaning producers are supposed to be like the vanguard. Well, they're the firewall before it gets to well, they're protecting their investment. TV. 
Now, it's truly what they're doing. The, like they're investing right, into right. it, and so mm-hmm. that's that's their job is to protect it. Right? Is it going to pe- play well with audiences, which is ultimately the goal? So I think until now that's been the case, and maybe with maybe with this episode that's not happening, or now we're just trying to give Fear the Walking Dead a proper send proper enough send off to where we please as many audiences as possible. And I want to say two things. One, when you try to please everybody, well, who do you end up pleasing? Absolutely no one. No one. Right. No. One. I feel that what may be happening here. But B, I'm not willing to cast off an entire season based on its first episode. I'm angry for personal selfish reasons. I'm angry for people I consider my friends. I am going into this season a little bit angry. I can't I, I can't deny that. It doesn't mean that I'm going to hate watch the whole season. It doesn't even mean that I'm not going to enjoy it. I might very well enjoy this season, but but right. I am still a little sad. Sad. Like it's day- you're disappointing. You're frustrated. reasons. You're- yeah. yeah. Well, and doesn't yeah. that not add into what is already a lot of pressure on the show to finish off and trying to please sure. everybody, right? So sure, it wouldn't have been super hard to please everybody. Wait, wait, hold. Did you say it wouldn't <laughs> be super hard to please everybody? Have you watched this show? <laughs> oh wait, no, you haven't. I mean, all the way through. I will try. <laughs> better writing could have served the fans better. I, I don't know. I don't know. At this rate. At this stage in the game, I'm not sure what will... Let me bring up one positive. I do want to give them props for one thing in this episode. Uh And that is Morgan (laughs) saying that Isaac and Rachel were Moe's parents. I was going to bring that up, actually. Hold on. Hold on, though. I'm going to dogpile on that and say he only brought it up for his own selfish reasons. To throw it in Ren's face. It wasn't even... I'm going to share this tidbit of information that you deserve to know. It was more like, I'm not your dad. Your dad was this guy. You know, when I like, watched it, it <laughs> when I watched it, I felt like, oh my God, is he saying this directly to Rachel? <laughs> All right, already. I, Rachel and Isaac are her parents. Are you happy now, Rachel? I guess we addressed yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And I started yes. laughing when he delivered yes. that line. Through the whole episode, they're like, we're your parents. And then, but we're not your parents. Every single time I'm like, sort of. Right. <laughs> Okay, like this kid is already confused. Like she's been raised by Padre. She's got no fucking idea about the real world. Then you got crazy Madison who's like, I'm going to find your real parents. And she takes it. Oh, we're we're your parents. Oh, great. You're my parents. We're not your parents. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) This poor kid. Rachel Rachel and Sharon, they watched the episode on 17 times speed. But, you know, on that note, actually. I I can only do it once. (laughs) Valid critique, though. Valid critique is that the one thing. Like, cause I can easily see why Morgan's doing what he's doing so far. He had to give her up to give her a better life, which is not a Morgan thing to do. But the one thing that is a little bit confusing, and it's not apparent that some of the stuff, some of the traveling with Madison and Morgan occurs over the course of a couple of days or several days. It's not readily apparent. Seems like all one day. It seems like it, but it's not. Because when they, by the time they get to the shore, it's at least one more day. They mention it near the end. But it's the ping pong of Ren going back and forth from wanting to kill Madison to not wanting to, to we save her, then kill Madison, then we save her. Throughout I can the that episode, up to her being a child. Yeah. I know, I know. She's a kid. Yeah. That's my She's mild critique, though. Yeah. It's not even a big thing to bring up, but it is kind of like, it did kind of like get me on my hackles a little bit. And that's because the actress is considerably older than eight years old. <laughs> It'll take them two weeks to find you here. You literally just radioed them and told them where you were. <laughs> and 
and then Morgan, I love that it'll the, it'll take him two weeks to find you, and then Morgan finds him like that, like <laughs> immediately. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> also, I not find this legitimate. How the fuck did they get out of Padre? And she busts her out of the of the oxygen tank, and then suddenly they're on the fucking boat. No explanation no how they got out. Nobody noticed Madison walking through the fucking compound. So yeah, I know that she had mentioned that she comes down during shift change, which gives her a clear path to Madison's cell. So it's possible but that that's when gets down there. This is a small but, settlement. But shift you change me is they only a matter of minutes. Know. You tell me they don't notice a stranger walking through there. I'm not bothered by this. She had, they had a hostage. They prepared a boat, probably. Who cares? I'm not, I'm not really bothered by that. This is a perfect time to bring up yet another giant beef that I have that is never going to be resolved. And David is going to say, well, it's just something we have to deal with. And, <laughs> oh, it just doesn't matter. I already know what David's going to say, but I'm going to say this anyway. How they got out of Padre, we're never going to find out. Just like we're never going to find out how fucking Madison survived the diamond. Actually, they're never going to explain that. They and have said that they're going to explain Actually, it. They yeah. have said that it's going to uh -huh. be explained this season. Mm -hmm. I will believe that when, when I see, I see it. it. <laughs> so going back to my comment, it's kind of, I get why there's a frustration based on a whole, that's why I started this episode by saying there's a lot of people who are taking in their frustrations, a whole bunch of time from seeing the characters that they love, frustrated with the anthology ep episodes. I'm not ready to write off an entire season. I'm in it. But damn it, stop making it so fucking hard to be in it. <laughs> They're making it really hard to defend I the show. I want to love this show so badly. You know I do. But that's I exactly what the season three people so say. much. How can it's the season true. three people love it? Look at what they made. The one through three people said the same exact and, thing when and season four came around. Baby Steeler, thank you for bringing her back and making her that. I I love that the most because it got Billy really going. It's not the Madison I grew to love. I don't like I, I that at all. I also want to point out the very distinct parallel between Madison at the door of the houseboat being almost eaten by the walkers and Morgan at the church door in 516. And, no, in 516 mm, Fear. Uh -huh. oh, he's at the oh, church when, door when after Dakota Jimmy saved him. him. When Dakota saved him. And this time it was Grace. Oh my god, and we just put the screenshot of that also in the saddest moments, which was just that an errant saddest Grace moment. Grace is going to end up being a bad guy? Mm, I'd be down it, for that. I like my girls see, to That's what I'm bad. saying. Like the, the show, I hopefully the show can go route. somewhere from I here. I like my girls to break bad, not act bad. <laughs> so in the subtitles of this episode the song in dreams shows up but it's clearly not in dreams that mo is listening to on the headphones it's actually the dock of the bay by otis redding which is actually interesting and i'm glad they changed it because there's some key lyrics in that song waste in time Obviously, what Morgan and Madison have been doing through the, throughout seven years. Madison, through no no fault of her own. Morgan, who knows what he's been doing? Why is he even there? And it kind well, of brings me back to why kids, Madison. But only if it's appropriate. But for what purpose? At any point when he drops off Baby Mo, he could have just left. His promise to Isaac and Rachel was to take care of Baby Mo. He did it. They're taking but care of her. But have they said, we will kill her if you don't do this? Because then is that his obligation? He took care of her the same way Marlene did. Ellie on The Last of Us. Yeah, don't, don't switch gears, <laughs> right? And so he could have cut, cut and ran anytime. Maybe Grace is there because I, I don't know. That's her purpose from here on in. Or maybe it's like maybe I shouldn't be so emotionless. Maybe they are there because they can't bear the thought of leaving their daughter. 
But it just thought it just occurred to me that like, okay, you've done your part. You can do whatever you want at this point. What's there to keep them there? Does Morgan believe in Padre? Does he believe the shit they're spewing? Maybe he's there because he believes in what they're doing. I think he only does to a certain extent. There's that line that he says he's not doing what they're asking him to. Right. He has like a a code. He's doing it his own way, which is like it follows Mm -hmm. a moral compass, which is why it makes sense for him. So he's taking kids who just don't have parents there thinking, well, this is better off than them being on their own. Especially after all that he's endured in that sub after the nuclear fallout. It makes sense because he sent his own daughter there. So he's like, okay, well, I dropped my daughter off there and I know that she's safe. So this is as good a place as any for these kids. And we have to think if we assume that every other kid that has been in the show has died under technically his care in a way, the group's care, then I guess like, is he wrong? Like, not really. Yeah, it's crushing. Either that or he's deluding himself into believing that it's a better place. Because he has to, right? Right, because that's where he stuck Mo. So he has to believe that it's the right choice. The only thing I could do is take her there. So this now is my moral compass. Because if I gave her away to the wrong people, who am I? What kind of person am I? Which is why he keeps doing it. And how does that make him any different than what Madison was prior to that? I couldn't give the life of my kids. It's a technicality. Madison was doing it under a threat, though. Right. They were using her kids as leverage. Once she found out that her kids were already dead, then she was like, fuck this place. Morgan's like, okay, well, my kid's there, so it must not be so bad. (laughs) But I also think there's there's something else here, too, because threatening Madison's kids couldn't have been enough to, I think, maybe deep down. And maybe after seven. Let's be honest, she doesn't really care about them. (laughs) I'm just thinking after seven years of being down there, she may have come to certain realizations. And that is maybe at some point I could have just said, you know what? I can't keep living with the thought that my kids can't take care enough of themselves to ward off Padre. There's an entire world out there where her kids could have gone that Padre probably couldn't reach. Because Padre's not that big, that we know of at least. We don't know how big it is. Maybe Madison doesn't even know. But that would be relying on fear. At some point, she has to figure, especially being down there for seven years, did I have to do that? Did I have to be away from my kids that long? And that's probably playing into a lot of what's going on with her and wanting to free Ren and to make it so that Ren is with her parents, right? her found parents, her found family. (sighs) Just trying to... See, this is what happens when you try to please everybody. Her parents. No quotes. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, Rachel, but I adoptive parents are parents just yeah. as much as well, especially when well, Rachel and Isaac didn't willingly give her up. They died. So but that's she had a lot parents. of kids. Counterpoint: orphans. The kids named Morgan. Okay, <laughs> so obviously there's a Godfather sort of situation going on here. We shouldn't forget her actual. No, you parents. shouldn't forget where you come from. Nobody's saying no. that. I'm imagining Morgan and Grace going to a dinner party and going, just so everybody knows at this party, baby Mo isn't. We're not her real parents. Okay, continue with you. <laughs> this is very nice cheese you have here. To answer Aiden's question, who are Judith's actual parents? And the correct answer is Rick and Shane. Shane and Lori. <laughs> Rick and Shane. Rick and Shane. <laughs> what does Rick have to do with Lori? With uh, first of all, what does Rick have to do with any of Judith's upbringing? <laughs> None. He was based a on your logic. Donor. He was there. He was for a the sperm donor. Rick. He was there for the Rick. No, no, automatically validated. I don't want to hear it. That's stupid logic. Anyway, God. Let's hope, let's you're hope turning me into you. <laughs> Why are you turning me into it's, you? <laughs> well, yeah, what's happening? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> Shit logic. <laughs> 
at least be consistent. I know <laughs> that the rest of the season is coming and this is just the first episode. I'm hoping that it gets better. I'm not going to stop watching. I really didn't want to be this snarky in this episode. Well, there's a lot of pressure riding on, on Fear of the Walking Dead. Knowing it's the final episode, yeah. final, final season is a lot of pressure. With all the complaints from fans last year about 7B, you would have thought that they would have changed up the formula just a little. That's and they may still and be they under may, security protocol, you know, safety and health protocol. I'm not faulting them for sticking with the loose anthology style. I get keeping actors safe and healthy. I do. I completely understand that and I don't fault them. We have seen in the past that there are ways around that. I wasn't a huge fan of this episode, obviously, but I am excited for where we're going to go. I'm going to temper. I'm going to keep my expectations real low. They stressed a lot this episode about some mysterious big bad that Padre is preparing for, right? That's the whole point. This is the reason they're training these kids to fight and something is coming, right? We've, we heard that a couple times in this episode. I don't know if it was specifically about a big bad, but I think something is coming. Well, they had, they had <laughs> mentioned the that, sense that we got. They had mentioned about the next stage of Padre. What that is, is a whole other <laughs> Aiden. Aiden says maybe they're going to bring Martha back. Martha. That'll be something, won't it? But I, I don't know if it's that about a big something. bad. Maybe. Given the seven-year time jump, it's very likely that the big bad could be CRM. Right. And Major Beal. Well, but, Major but General Beal, Whatever. Beale, mean? Haircut. I don't see them training to take out people. I see them training to take out walkers. <laughs> but we know that the CRM also uses walkers as weapons, like how they took out Omaha. And Campus mm -hmm. Colony. Remember they knocked right. the walls down and let the walkers in? Maybe that's something that Padre knows about, and so they're training the kids to be able to fight walkers. If you train them early, as we know, they grow up to be very proficient killers. That's what you have to be in this world. And we've also right? seen the other side of that, too. When you train them to be that tough, that young, they're not very great with the adults, either. <laughs> they're little mm -hmm. unsullied mm -hmm. is what they are, except they yeah. haven't. When you don't her. train them I mean, to do anything, best case scenario. they end up getting you <laughs> they're killed. Crazy. They I listen see, to Tiny Tim had... too loud. <laughs> <laughs> but the opposite haircut. isn't good, too. Like, could you imagine a whole community of children that are capable, but then they kill all the people that they meet? <laughs> That's not great on the other side of things, too. Yeah, there has to be something to live for, right? We've we've all been we've all talked about this. Aiden says maybe Padre is Charlie and she's been recast from the time skip. She will be played by Aubrey Plaza to bring in fans, quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> so her voice is so low because she was scarred by the that's radiation why her voice sounds so boyish and maleish because so, she was scarred by the radiation. I know that's half a joke, but in all seriousness, I kind of expect Padre to be a lady girl. That's right. That's right. Madison. Mommy's your daddy Maybe Padre now. Is Madison. <laughs> so, well, no, it can't be Madison. Maybe Padre is Madison. No, wait it's a obviously minute. not Madison. It can't be. She can't talk but, to herself. Wait. But I did notice that the, the way they cut the last scene where the girl, Jayla Walton, they, we, they didn't say her name, but Jayla haircut. Walton. Haircut. Not ha the not haircut. <laughs> Oh, the Jayla other girl, Wong, the girl that's Mo's training, friend. the influencer girl whom we called before. Dove. Is that her name? Yeah. Was Mo's her name friend. said on in mm -hmm. the episode? Yeah. Yes. When? Mo called her Mo, Mo called, called her dove. dove. She said dove help me. Which when she was getting oh. attacked I, by the SpongeBob okay. walker. SpongeBob. When they had the last scene cutting between Padre talking to Ren and Dove talking to Ren, I thought that was a little bit telling because her answers were coinciding with the responses to each of those two people. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying that Dove is Padre, but I'm saying maybe she is intimately connected to Padre, maybe even being his own personal daughter or someone he calls a her ward. daughter. His daughter. Yeah, could be a her too. Fine. Padre's going to be the ultimate there. daddy, and it's going to be Pedro Pascal. Pedro. Padre Pascal. Padre Pascal. <laughs> who is, by the way, the ultimate daddy, Joel. So there you yeah, go. I would like to see him as that a bad guy. Amazing. <laughs> A dove is, of course, a symbol of peace. And I believe Bridget took my idea <laughs> and did she some took my research idea on the symbolism of the bird names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just so clean maybe, pigeons. Maybe doves Same family. will repair mm-hmm. some things. Can I just say some things I actually liked about the episode? Since this episode has been such a bummer so far. <laughs> I just want to know if you thought this was as bad as you thought it was going to be. This episode? With Rachel and I. No, I thought you both were going to be way oh. drunker. So just like Rachel, I was expecting the worst. <laughs> I feel like we have somewhat valid points. We're not being petty. No, overall, this is why I mentioned up front so that we can temper the conversation and then we can go and then I could go in guns blazing because who cares at that point? I always know when we get together, I know intrinsically and I have to know because I get worried and then I go, oh, wait, but when we start talking, it's all fine. I always have that feeling. Mm-hmm. And now I know it logically so that even if I feel a little like, oh, I don't know, my asshole's tight right now. I do this. <laughs> and I always have, I always have like, I, I, I and I've said this before and I don't know if it ends up in, in an episode usually, but I always have a bit of stage fright, especially after so long, not really recording an episode. I do get like the tightness in my chest and the butterflies in my stomach, but the, I know at least after doing this for so long, intrinsically, once we start talking, it's not nearly as bad as what I think it's going to be. You also know that Sharon D and I are not hateful just for the sake no. of being hateful. If we dislike something, it's for valid reasons. I don't feel like our reasons are petty. I'm just mad that Madison's back, so I'm going to shit all over everything. It's not right. like that at right. all. Right, it wasn't. No. I, it wasn't I'm mad for no. very specific reasons. Yes. But I even think that yes. a lot of those reasons are exacerbated by a whole fuck ton of other reasons too. I would agree. I think that's worth pointing out to actually kind of embolden your criticisms, but also temper them. How can we squash your feelings? I've said this many, many times. Your feelings aren't wrong. When you watch it and you feel about it a certain way, your feelings aren't wrong. We also have to keep in mind a lot of the shows we watch, we watch all at once these days. We're not usually waiting week to week for an episode of anything except for these shows with few, few exceptions at this point. We've had whole episodes discussing that very point, the binge watch versus the week to week watch. It's changing the way we we think Mm -hmm. of shows. It's changing the way we watch television. It's changing the way we grade television or react to, to television. So we're like almost anachronisms right now, but we are on that cutting edge of living between both worlds. Are we to the birds? Anyways, yeah, okay, let's go, let's to, the go birds. to the birds. So, because we we just talked about okay. Dove, and I didn't know that her name Dove was Dove. Is yeah. Ren's friend? So Ren, I didn't know this, but I found out in some Native American cultures, Wrens have uh, mythological importance. They're meek characters that have more power than appears at first glance, which that seemed to be kind of telling telling for Ren's character. Among the Pueblo tribes, however, Wrens are considered birds of war. Catching sight of a Wren is believed to boost Hmm. a person's courage, especially a warrior. Like a Wren Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. That's cool. In some other Pueblo tribes, rock Wrens are associated with madness and dangerous magic, and the people used to avoid touching one at any cost, as it was like part of a a superstition to them. Because they were too chaotic, too strong? Yeah. Mo is Ren. Dove is, we don't know her right. real name. 
other kid. Madison is Lark. <laughs> Lark and Nightingale. Both of the same family, I think, if not mistaken. Larks are symbolic of, <laughs> this is this is funny, joy, hope, and laughter. Not at all like Madison. <laughs> it's like not her character. Definitely not joy, but I do sense that you should be with your family. That's the kind of angle they're going to play mm -hmm. her at. Especially, okay, so it seems like they're doing the thing where and we've seen this before, especially on the Walking Dead World Beyond. We said this not only in the trailer reaction, but during our watch or during our discussion of Walking Dead World Beyond. The beauty of having been behind walls, these kids, is that they've gotten knowledge of the outside world without being in the outside world, making them into monsters, killing monsters. So they have the benefit of having been protected all this time so they can maintain their humanity. Madison, having not been out there for so long and is like a time capsule, of when she, before she left gives her the benefit of saying hey you were supposed to be her father i did this so that you could be with her and that's all she's left with with seven for seven years so she has that still with her and so she's going into this whole thing you know, with that motivation still and being pent up for so many years and having found out that she's not with morgan that's basically her impetus and after spending so much time snatching other babies because of what padre made her do when all she wanted to probably be is with her babies after sacrificing her life which we'll find out more about you don't want to be with your kid what the fuck? I stayed away from my kids because I wanted them to live, but there's not one second I wanted to be with my kids. Oh, yeah. They had like a really weird codependent relationship. She definitely like wanted to be with her kids. <laughs> to give her credit for like the first three seasons, it didn't appear that way, but you knew in the back of her mind that she didn't want Nick to go off on his own because that would have been dangerous for him on a mental level, right? To get addicted to the As dad someone who grew up with a single mother it's very indicative of a single mother's relationship with her children the oldest right. often gets the brunt of her responsibility I've, I've written like a thesis paper on this there's a lot of psychological stuff that happens when a father figure leaves the family right or the or the other half of the parental unit leaves and some of that stuff that ends up happening is the oldest becomes responsible for some of the psychological damage that's happening to that parent that's left behind it's only or bears the yeah brunt it's of. when it's like really traumatic is when it's really bad it's not like every family because a lot of families can function fine and dual parent i'm specifically thinking of my situation my dad left he was abusive not an ideal situation to be in my mom was left really broken as a person after that and so i had to deal with a lot of the like here's what's happening to us financially. And I'm like 10. I'm like not capable of handling that psychologically. Like I'm not okay to know that we might have to file for bankruptcy. We don't have any money. We're going to lose our house. The power's mm. getting turned off today. So hide when the people come to knock on the door. Like that's like, those are not okay things to happen to a kid. And, and my husband has been through a lot of the same, but it was also a very traumatic situation. Same here. While that sounds like that's all really horrible, there is this strengthening depth of love that comes from that. My relationship with my mother, while it has had its moments and I have had to see counselors about some of the codependency stuff that happens between us, we are so close because of it. I love her so deeply, even though she was not a perfect parent because who can be? But I love her right, so right. deeply because that relationship was so strengthened through all of that trauma. So you bond with your right. parent. My husband is very close to his mother as a result. Charity, I know you're close to your mother as a result. And so while it seems like a negative when you're talking about it, it's not really because that single parent does everything within the realm of possibility to be able to keep their child safe. Psychologically, it's not always the best route, 
but there's a real right. serious bond. This is bond. the other end of the sword, yeah, right? There's a real serious bond that comes out. And so you see that. It's exemplified perfectly in Madison's at moments overbearing nature with her children. It's that but relationship. But then she like let them go. It's right? that so relationship. Like, that's, that's kind of what I was exploring. Yeah. She lets Nick go because, well, and probably mostly because she's used to that playbook. If I hold him closer, he's just going to go away faster. When she finally lets Alicia go in the third season, there's a little bit of that too. Like, well, I spent so much time keeping you close because I needed you, but... I'm not going to do that playbook again. The same thing happened with me and my brother. I left. But that was hard for her. I dipped. It was hard for me. It was hard on both of us. And when my brother left, it was the same thing. My mom had like a really hard time with that. And of course, everybody has a hard time with their kids leaving the house. But when you don't have a person in the house still, it makes it that much harder, I think. You're truly empty nesting. To go on that point, and I'm going to bring it right back to where we are now, having had done that in an apocalypse where you were doing crazy things to keep your family together, like put a psychopath on a leash talking about Troy. It's like the fallacy of sunk costs too. You put so much into keeping everybody safe that why would you let them go? And then she does though, which is why I think it's like this indomitable spirit sort of thing. Like I have to let her go to have her find her own. She's an adult in this world. And so I don't want to lose her too. So much pressure has been put on her. Going back to where she's at with Morgan now, it's like, I was ready to die to give you what you needed to get Mo out of here. And you, you're not fighting to keep her. That's where she's at now. And I kind of like it in the sense that it's kind of a refined version of her from the first three seasons, what she was trying to do in season four, which we didn't all buy in it, into at first, but you kind of get it. You let it sink in after so many seasons, what she was trying to do for her kids and then letting them go in the end saying, yeah, you're ready for this world. You guys compliment each other, etc." And then Nick dies. I'm going <laughs> to go back to the birds. Lark, Clark. Get it? Uh, Lark, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't even catch that. I didn't that. catch I just... that, honestly. We're so dumb. I thought the captions messed up the first time I heard it. There is a crescent present on their breast, which also connects them to the moon and hence femininity, which makes sense in this situation. Anyway, they are often considered muses for musicians, artists, poets, etc. Ah, the inspiration. The inspiration, okay. yeah. Inspiring you to become a family so she again. may die. Maybe. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> we can only hope. Nightingale. That's our only purpose. We're going to move on to Nightingales. Am I dumb? Grace wasn't given a code name or we just don't know it yet. Heron. Heron. We haven't Heron. heard. Heron. Heron. Oh, I didn't hear it. Okay, I didn't look that see, one up. I didn't hear Dove. You guys I didn't, didn't look hear that one up, so quick, somebody look it up. We're going to talk about Nightingales. Nightingales are known for the beauty of their song, obviously. And they are promoted throughout history by their association with poetry. I'm sorry. Sharon the is just imagining of, Morgan the singing. The beauty of this song, I was like, I don't die. <laughs> I lose people and I lose myself. And you then know Mitchell's going to say, oh, that's a terrible is. impression. <laughs> you were supposed to. Which, by the way, I never got to finish the lyrics from Clea. the Doc of the Bank, but that's fine. <laughs> this, oh my God. Write, write this song, Dave. What? Write this song. The, I lose my... <laughs> Clear. It's a, it's a one-word song. Clips of Morgan and I, I could uh, see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> I can see clearly now. Oh, <laughs> is he spooging right now? Okay. Anyway. So most commonly, the nightingale is understood to be a sign of coming spring. Hmm. You could argue that that means the tide of change, like new renewal. beginnings, renewal. Yeah, like a renaissance, that whole thing. Is this his 18th <laughs> different somebody? somebody. <laughs> now he's somebody else. Okay, and then I wanted to talk I think very he's briefly like about now. one of the reasons I initially loved Fear is one 
the first episode is great. But I loved that it exposed us to more of the regional differences in names for walkers. Yeah. It's such a cool aspect to me. Of course, different areas like dialects would have different names for walkers. I just love that. And Carrion was such an interesting name to me. It's perfect. It is. Absolutely perfect. Which also has a, I mean, it's a connection with birds as well. Mm -hmm. Rachel kind of pointed out when we were watching it together, vultures. Crows. 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 They're nocturnals too. Any bird of like, yeah. So, yeah. So carrion, it's essentially dead carcasses of animals (laughs) that scavengers feast off of. So that's interesting because they've gone with this whole bird theme and they're walking (laughs) rotting flesh. I don't know. I just thought it was a really cool, interesting thing to do. I thought it was a cool name. A tag on the existing. I liked uh, it. Definitions that we've been rattling off. I like this consistent string of the bird theme. The bird theme. I like this. But is it going to amount to anything or is it just cool? I it might. Know. We'll have to just wait and know. see. They, they may be going somewhere. I hope that it does. Give fear one thing is that when they bring these things up, these kind of references, like the 39 Nistarim. Remember when Nair Tami, they were bringing up the, the people that are supposed to redeem the world? Well, they were in a car- caravan, all these people trying to heal the mm-hmm. world, trying to heal themselves. There was a loose theme and it doesn't have to stick to it mm-hmm. completely, but maybe there's something to it. I hope that we find out later that maybe Padre was a bird watcher or something. I don't <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, that makes him kind of, it makes him a little bit more creepy though. There's something creepy about that. I mean, <laughs> instead of birds, it's little kids. She was an ornithologist in the same place where King Ezekiel was the tiger keeper. <gasps> Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Wait, wait, guys, 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 we're missing the obvious. What if that island is like a bird sanctuary? Oh, that makes sense. That People make go sense. to islands to see the migrating patterns. Okay. And- yeah. Like Padre mm-hmm. Island. Mitchell has joined us and he says, it's so weird how people at Padre have bird names, which we just covered. Carry on, of course, means decaying flesh of animals. He also says, do you think Padre is Troy? That's what I've heard people say, because as we all know, if you don't see a body, they could still be alive. Oh, there's more Why to that. Not? Yeah. But I'm very interested in, in this very last thing Mitchell has to say. Mitchell says it. Plus, it's weird that even the kids haven't even met Padre. I would argue, I think they have met Padre. They just don't know who it is. I'm going to say maybe at least the Jayla Walton character. I think that's her name, right? Jayla Walton, the influencer person. Dove. Just Dove. call her Dove. Dove. Sorry. Confusing we could call her Dove now. Sorry. I think everyone has met Padre, but only a select few actually know who yeah. that is. Maybe the ones who graduated. Do we know Haircut's name? Maybe. No, I didn't uh, catch her name. I'm just going to call her Haircut. I don't even know the actress's name, man. I've been look- I was looking for her frantically after our Fear the Walking Dead trailer breakdown, the season eight trailer breakdown. So Grace's name on the show is Heron, and Heron meaning and symbolisms include elegance, patience, wisdom, messages, Aww. self-possession. So she owns herself mm-hmm. and owns her decisions. I mean, she had to, right? Giving up Mo, which is something I was worried about. But she does come in for the clinch, but she agrees with Mo Morgan about giving her back up to Padre. Anyway, transformation. Mm-hmm. I am eager to see that and good fortune. But th- that means for people, not for the birds yeah. themselves. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I mean, she's not an albatross, so like I think we're okay. <laughs> Which is the most <laughs> That's what I'm worried animal. about meeting. <laughs> Which is actually kind of I feel like that's what the symbol of Padre is too, which is like this burden. <laughs> Maybe. If we had bird nicknames, what would they be? I already have one. I oh, oh, go up. for it. My nickname as a child growing up my whole life was Dodo. Oh, the dodo bird. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, but it's also, oh, 
Makes sense. When my husband and I talk about my nose, uh, I refer to it as my beak. But I'm going to ask him what kind of bird he thinks I would be. Hold on. Cockatiel. My grandma had cockatiels over the course of my whole life. She probably had five or six. She had two parrots. Mm. My grandma was a big bird lady. (laughs) So Mitchell is saying that the haircut, haircut serum haircut is named Shrike. Shrike. Mm -hmm. In Picard season three, there is a group called the Shrike as well. Shrike or Snipe? I've gone snipe hunting. Oh, no. No, you haven't. Shrike. Shrike is, Shrike is a specific kind of bird, and it's a terrifying bird. I've absolutely gone snipe hunting. But yeah, in Picard season three, there's a group called the Shrike, and their ship is terrifyingly huge and menacing. So if that's what she's representing. Shrikes are also called butcher birds. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. A totem animal that can help us overcome our fears and see the world in a new light. That's interesting. That's ominous. In their light. Well, what did your husband say (laughs) you resemble as a bird? So his exact words were, what? (laughs) I said, what kind of bird would would that be? And he goes, what are you, what the hell are you doing? As long as it's not a swallow. I I said, (laughs) I just asked him again. I didn't say anything else. I just asked him again. And then he goes, I don't know, a shithawk. (laughs) And then then continued playing (laughs) his video game. So so that a woodpecker yeah because of my beak so that makes me think that i'm a chicken hawk no david you are you are an owl stop yeah because you creep me out when you turn <laughs> your head all the way around and also <laughs> and also you're always like hoo-hoo, still hoo-hoo, like it you guys are wrong so david is a snow owl Ooh, and sharon is a barn owl a barn owl <laughs> why not well, they okay. more screech. I don't. I'd, I'd rather just screech. I'd, I'd rather be an albatross and just be a fucking burden <laughs> on everybody. No, <laughs> I don't like it. Mitchell says the next episode is titled Blue Jay. So diving deeper into the birds, I mean Padre. I think anyway. Do you think this is all just a big Hitchcockian thing with the, <laughs> with the birds? Well, with the introduction of Madison in this episode, they were obviously going for trying to go for like the jump scare with the lights turning on and the dramatic sound effect of them as she was walking through the hallway, which like, OK, no, those are fluorescent lights. They don't make that sound. Like, no, it's a floor. It's fine. Stop it. But you know why they're doing it. They're building up to this giant levers. Right, right, right. (laughs) Anyway, there are some interesting things to look out for. And that is like the bullet making that's happening. And I am going to get to Troy in just a second. It's telling to see where they're trying to take this community, what they're trying to build up to and how hardcore they're going after it. Which gives you the presence to figure out that these guys are not to be messed with. And with regards to all of our characters, and yes, I do miss them. It just makes me feel very, very depressed about people's fate and how they're going to lay it out to where we actually talk about what happened to them. Like Charlie, like some of our other characters that weren't mentioned. I want to read what Mitchell says just for a second, and then we'll talk about the Troy thing. So he says, as much as I like Morgan and Madison, I hope we get more of the episodes with the other and not just them. I don't know if you've talked about this, but Mo and Alexa, yeah, yeah, Mo and Alexa weren't credited for the episode, which makes me feel like they died off camera, which is really stupid. I agree. Because at the end of the day, we love these people. I love Alexa and I love Mo. And it's hard to wrestle with the fact that we may have to plow on with this story without them. Bridget, talk about your positives. One, it's green. Y'all, it's green. It's green. It's just, yes. 
Yeah. And not poison um, the door it's green. Finally, <laughs> it's finally a different it's color. It's finally a different color, and I'm so <laughs> thankful. Praise God. I couldn't take it anymore. I enjoyed the bird theme. It's a little hokey. It's a little cheesy. But after calling babies eggs, we might as well just lean into it. So, <laughs> so I'm fine with it. Was Madison's name Lark at the end of last season or was she Nightingale? Lark. It was Lark okay. also. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to double check. That had nothing to do with my positives. The opening sequence, just thank God. Okay. Because if it wasn't, then it was, it was like that super loud music, which like, it was, both have been so incredibly annoying to me for so long that I was like, finally, something, something that's not blowing out my ears. But did you like the continuation of the yeah, illustration? Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, I like that part. Things. But I just like, too. thank you for yeah. dialing it back. Yeah. And like the hokey, hopey kind of country music. No, we kind of kept it real and it's going to be a little dark this season. So I kind of we- wanted something different. I like the opening title things last year with the characters mm-hmm. that we were going to see, but I don't know. I kinda, oh, different than the visuals. I kinda, right. I kind of wanted to see something different for this season. I wouldn't have been but, mad about I mean, it, but... See, see, now that no, me is me being petty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on that note, I just want to read what Mitchell just wrote. I did like this episode more than all of season seven. Yes, no more of the ugly yellow filter. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. The new music for the intro is nice, though I miss season one through three music. It gave the horror no, feel. No, it was fine. It was no, fine, I, Mitchell. Except for yeah, the giant the sting at the end. Because nothing is more startling than laying in bed trying to go to sleep. Just cozied up, <laughs> trying to listen to a zombie TV show, as one does. For just for good good nighttime feels, and just all of a sudden hearing like it's it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I know some people will disagree with me on this one too. Is I just could not wait for them to let go of that stupid stupid song made by Nine Inch Nails. It was one sound effect that, by the way, I just recently read they had to get rid of because of copyright purposes. <laughs> so for some of the episodes in season three, I think it was they mm. actually played a softer intro music along with the visuals so because of mm. that because there was threats of suing Interesting. so anyway anyway so those are my positives for this episode okay so now we have to talk about the troy, Ugh, troy. the troy in the room Ugh. so i just want to make one quick comment it says a lot about what's going on with the show that bridget's positives were the color palette and the <laughs> intro music like we're clamoring mm-hmm. for for the good news <laughs> i didn't hate this episode i didn't mm-hmm. hate this episode i really didn't i really really didn't i want to i didn't either i want to just come out and say i did not hate this episode it's a kid actor so like half of the audience is like she's horrible and then the other half is like she's she's oh, okay yeah. like she did a great job she's a kid and she's young in her career and i think she did fine i agree she is a kid she's doing well for her age whatever the fuck that happens to be she's young she is young for whatever however 42 the people she was acting across uh, acting with is not a child and her acting is terrible come at me i don't care anymore yeah, but she's not like a central character. I'm not bothered by it. She's like watching a fucking block of wood on the screen. <laughs> the, you're saying Dove, the actor who no. actor no. plays Dove. No. Oh, no. Okay. no. Oh, are we We're talking not about the talking blocks, about blocks the of wood? Actors. I got you. I got you. Okay. Sorry. Got it. I thought you meant Dove, but you mean Lark. Mm-hmm. She does. <laughs> she means Madison. Anyway. In case nobody got right. the very obvious right. comment. <laughs> Actually, I mean Kim Dickens because Madison is a real person. Mm, that's true. 
but Kim Dickens is not. Let's a great just say actress. Madison for now. Yeah, yeah, and we've we've mentioned this before too. She's she's like a rock. I concur. I'm hopeful for this season. Right, you're looking for the positives. I'm hopeful, but you guys know me. That's how I am. Like I get really hopeful for things. And you know what? I predicted Daryl Dixon was going to die, and he didn't. And so, who knows? This season's going to be better because it really don't think it could go worse. So season seven was so bad. It could definitely get worse. It could definitely, it could definitely get worse. I have June and, and Sherry to look forward to because I know they are going to show up at some mm-hmm. point. I mean, even the best actors can't carry a terrible story, though. I agree. That's what I'm saying. I like what they laid out for the rest of the season. This is what we have to deal with. What they have set the stage with right now at best, I can say is interesting. I'm going into this. I don't have the words, but I'm like, ooh, I have sound right. effects. Right. Ooh. That would be trepidation. It's everything that we've all said before. Yeah, it's okay. it's yeah, coming I in like and word. getting an anthology style episode. It's it's being traumatized. It's the pressure. It's the end of Fear of the Walking Dead. So there's a lot riding it's on this. The things we know. Well, Mitchell says promo picks from episodes episode two shows that June will be the center of the episode. So Good. there's something there. <laughs> For those who know, want to know. <laughs> okay, so we, we have to talk about the Troy in the room, and that is, we have mentioned this before, and it was that casting calls have been made for a Troy lookalike, but some people have said that they have seen Troy on, or they had heard that Troy was going to be on set. Whether it's on site, whether it's in a studio, in a um, soundstage, whether it's, he, they may have some scenes with him in it, but there is a Troy lookalike. Now, it appears that people are singling out one of the characters who takes in the initial walker that Ren is supposed to take down in the first scene. And he's also a teacher in two specific scenes, trying to teach some of the students, the children, about military formations. This is whom they are referring to, is the Troy character. If Troy was it Padre, and he knew Madison was there, I've never even watched their episodes, but something tells me she would not just be left down there in the fucking cell without him fucking with her so you kind of answered the question that i actually had of why madison is even alive to begin with why why don't you get rid of her what's with the blood what is with the blood for everybody not just madison it's also the kids too whether it's for antibiotics or just general health or whatever it is what is with that that's like no it's too much but more than anything else even after they said Lark is a liability, they took her back because they are fucking with her. And if Troy is on the show, and this is before I want to say the other thing that I want to say, what I really feel, that would be a good reason to keep Madison around because Troy is fucking with her. But wouldn't he want her to know it was him? Oh, not until the last minute. No, he's much more uh, sadistic than that. I'm going to be really, really disappointed if it would make sense and it would make sense that he would do it that way because that is what madison did to him madison strung him along this whole time thinking that oh you're my friend and then she ends up killing him in the end after after he professes what he intends what his intentions are no you know who padre is by the way i'm not saying that padre is troy at all i'm saying padre could be tobias yes Good night, oh everybody. Good yes. Night. Please. I'm done. Yes. And you know right? what? If it ends up being. Right? Oh, that shoot. Would be and you know what? Amazing. No, it wouldn't. I but would. I would jump out of my seat and scream. I, I jokingly said if, would be if Tobias was a big bad, similar to the comic book governor, I'd be like, okay, I'm listening. But I was joking. <sighs> okay. I Ooh. was joking. <laughs> no one can be like comic no. book governor. No. Yeah. No. no. Specifically, no. comic no. book governor, where they. No, he was yeah. the worst. Yeah, Tobias is the Wait. worst. 
Did you read the oh, comics? I've, I've seen I've seen enough to know that he's awful. Like, beyond awful. awful evil. Yeah, it doesn't even... Yeah, awful doesn't begin to describe yeah. it. So there you go, Tobias. You got what you wanted. That See, that would be more disappointing to me. That would be awesome. No, no I would be no. so excited. But it's okay. You're that, entitled to your opinion. <laughs> if, if Padre is not a lady, I want it to be Tobias. <laughs> you know who it's going to be? It's going to be Travis. Travis is Padre. Chris is Padre. He He's not, not actually not the Padre. <laughs> we didn't. Chris mm, Madison, got, Madison is like the dinosaur, not the mama. Grayson Morgan, not Chris the mama. Torture Madison, we're doing exactly right? what we did when we when Madison left the show. Now we're doing. Oh, maybe this is. Oh, maybe we'll do. Fine, we'll do it. But okay, not Tobias. The it, Please not Tobias. The reason it can't be Travis, though, is what reason would he have to torture Madison? What reason would Travis have to torture Madison? I mean, does it have to be a reason? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Based on this writing, no. no. I'm, I'm being absolutely serious. <laughs> Maybe he's mad because she didn't. Based on their relationship. For him. I mean, I agree. I agree. I just, just <laughs> sometimes people go mad. And look at Morgan right now. He's doing everything okay. that he that goes against everything he stands for hope for the future children future being stable well, but, he be but if he believes that padre is the future and he believes in what he's doing rick is padre because he was the dad right he was carl's dad so you know who padre is it's ophelia's fiance that she went back for that she didn't get to <laughs> that's who it is I was trying to think of the most random character. It's the bartender for the bar at the at the weird ballpark stadium thing where it was like a flea market that served Troy and Nick that weird zombie brain. The psychedelic brains. But why can't it, it be Taco Walker? Padre's skid mark is what Mitchell said. I like uh, it. Anyway. Going back to the Troy thing. Is it him? I don't think so. I don't care even. By the way, I don't care. It's similar to the whole Madison returning wait, thing. Wait, wait, wait. By wait, wait, all wait. means, what don't you care about? bring back you some don't care. Troy person that, that, that person that they're pointing out as being Troy. I don't, oh, okay. I don't care. It's fine. I don't care. Just bring back everybody. You care who Padre is. Hey, right? you know what? This is literally the Walking Dead because everybody's died and they just come back. So apparently you know what? that's it's like, what the Walking Dead is Padre now. is the like, kid. Like, like I said. It's Annie. Oh, and they're all it's in a Annie. trench coat. And they're on top of each other. It's Annie. Patrick. It could be Max Annie, or Dylan. Dylan. It's all of them. Annie. Dylan. Fuck Tobias. I'm okay <laughs> with this. <laughs> Do we have an R? Because they were asked to be child slave labor on a plane. They were asked to build a plane, even though they're children. You're horrible. And so oh. this is their payback. You're horrible. <laughs> Upon intake, they all have to read the Mitchell, the beer balloon is Padre. <laughs> a sentient beer balloon? It's a beer, balloon. beer balloon. It's a beer balloon. Like a beer balloon shows up with a mustache and it like rips it off and it's like, ha ha ha. It was me all along. <laughs> It was me the whole time. <laughs> Rachel, you, you said, but do you care who Padre is? And the truth is, make me care, show. Yeah. Make me care. Yeah. That's really the thing. Show, don't tell. That's the first rule. Them explaining exactly what happened to, not exactly, but like mostly what happened to Morgan over the years. And they could have showed that rather than told that. Unless, unless, and this is too a positive for you gals, get it out of the way so we can actually get into the story with everybody else, which I'm okay with. Okay, say everything at once, establish where this season is going to go, this final season, say it now, and then show me everything after that. Show me what happens as a result of that. 
That's fine. Make me care about who Padre is. Madison is probably going to tell June how she got out of the diamond. There is a shot of them sitting together somewhere. We're going to find out because she's going to share her story with somebody. And why not, June? June was there. They have a very ooh history. Ish, they have that ish. history. They blame June for Madison getting killed. No, I, I mean, Alicia. Madison Alicia. would know it's not her fault. Uh, yeah, but Alicia is just out for blood. They blame June for Madison's death when that, of course, wasn't the case. We got what this season's about. We got what we were in for. And I cannot wait to see the characters that we do have left. Well, even Victor. I'm excited for who Victor. Who knows what he's going to be. At the end of the last season, who knows what he can be now? Look, season seven was Fear the Walking Dead pulling a kind of like a Borg situation with Star Trek. You threw like an impossible situation at the writers to motivate them to hopefully write something good. And like it was a gamble. And honestly, you're right. It didn't quite pay off. The arc didn't pay off. We got some really, really good episodes out of it. As we do with every season of Fear the Walking Dead, we get really, really good episodes that we muse on. Some of the episodes we were like, oh, wait, you know, that episode wasn't so bad. But like the arcs themselves, not that great. But I, mean, I am looking forward to seeing what they can do with the people that they have left. And if they can pull off a really decent story, I'm not going to say boo. I like this episode. It was decent. It gives me hope for what's to come, especially if there's a reckoning with Madison and June and whatever else is left. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The question that you may ask is, do we have a choice? We're going to get what we're going to no, get. No, we do it for the people. Yeah. And we're, we're going to always try to show, try at least, to show what is redeemable about these episodes, as well as some of the behind the scenes stuff. Actually, I could end off with something. I was getting into sitting at the dock of the bay and there's some key lyrics, wasting time, quote unquote. Left my home in Georgia, nothing to live for, nothing's gonna change. 2,000 miles I roam just to make this dock my home. Not that played in better than In Dreams would have played out for this episode, as well as some foreshadowing. What I have been doing, what I did, and what I may do. Because we all know front-loadedly that Morgan is, whether it's a hallucination, but it sounds like he's going back to King County, Georgia. Slash maybe even Alexandria. Who knows? Well, if you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash dead Five stars and eggplants. All we need to tell you love us, but tell us what you liked. <laughs> tell us we didn't like. Tell us what was hilarious. Remember to tell us after every episode, though. And if you really like what we're doing, if you really want to see these unedited episode recordings, which you probably will want to by the time this Trust is all me, you over. Want to. <laughs> you do. You definitely want to head on over to either kodishify.com slash dead or patreon.com slash dead and tip us on Kofi for 30 days of supported back content or you can join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month and you get discord access the unedited episode recordings and a whole host of other perks right off the bat and if you join the whispers and survivors tier members you will get credits at the end of the episode as well as some really really cool things as well as if you join the survivor tier you can join us on screen and tell us how wrong i am probably mostly it's gonna be me maybe a little bit bridget or maybe you think why me I'm sure a lot of people are going to not like what I had to say, and that's just fine. Come at me. Y'all have already bullied the shit out of me anyway. Go ahead. It's an opinion. You can't tell me my opinion's wrong. There's not going to be one person on this podcast that somebody's not going to have anything bad to say. <laughs> but here's the thing. Hmm. The good thing is that we all don't have to agree on something to discuss it. And I think that's the beauty of the show. Because if we all agree, what's the fucking point? We all come from somewhere. We all bring in a certain experience to this show. I happen to like Madison as a character. You guys don't. But that's good. Because then we could come together and actually really discuss certain situations and certain actions that happen throughout these episodes and arcs 
that might resonate with someone rather than just the one echo chamber over and over again that's gonna like it you know like i want people to get something out of each and every one of you so if you like that just follow us for free on either kofi or patreon and you'll get the inside track on when we record which is free to join it's free to follow to get our recording schedules in any case i've been your host david cameo and i was joined by cosmom09 rachel burt sharon d aka blazy gardner and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punky brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. Mitchell in the audience, Aiden in the audience. Take care, guys. We'll see you in the next one. And hopefully, we'll have a lot more to say about that one, even though I wrote so many notes you on this know one. Take what care. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at the dock of the bay. <laughs> Clearing the walkers along <laughs> I mean, carrying. <laughs> anyway, bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. We're back, babies, discussing Fear of the Walking Dead's final season premiere, season eight, episode one. Remember what they took from you. I know that this episode had a little bit of spice in it, but we promise you that the second episode should have a quick change in attitude as basically all of us have seen it already. And as always, we like to relay to you not only that you should be rating us at ratethispodcast.com slash Dead and following us for free on Kofi and Patreon, we also like to give credit to our upper tier members, our Survivors and Whispers tier members for bringing this episode to you, essentially. And they are starting with the Survivors tier as always at RealRyanGM on Twitter, at Jones 71 on Instagram or at JonesAJ6 on Twitter. And of course, FanArtLindy, who you can reach at ko fi.com slash fanartlindy and on to our whispers tiers we've got at judith.morton on instagram aiden atkin you can reach at ko-fi.com slash aiden atkin both at tyler philip cox and at j13 Voorhees on instagram and twitter as well as at sandy.d.morrison on facebook we have so much more show to give you we're happy to be back breaking down episodes and we cannot wait to break down the second episode of fear the walking dead's eighth and final season we'll see you in the next one and remember we are squawking dead.